What's up, NBA fans? We are just about a week away from the All-Star break. And with that, also the passing of the trade deadline and what looked to be a pretty boring trade, trade deadline. Like most years, things really just go all the way up until the very last minute where things just start moving. And really the unthinkable happened. Harden gets moved, Ben Simmons gets moved. Uh, you got some unlikely candidates that you didn't really see coming. Pacers and Kings making moves. Sabonis being moved. The Blazers blowing it up. Uh, a lot of trades to really go through here. And um, I'm just excited to, to break them down. I feel like this time of the year, just as even though it seems like nothing's going to happen, it's just going to be a boring year with a couple moves here and there. A couple contenders just slightly beefing up their roster. Uh, something always goes down one or two or three moves that just really rattle the league and we got a couple of those this year Sean overall what's your reaction to what we what can't what went down last week oh I mean Alan it was it was so fun like I hate <laughs> how these deals all happen within like the course of a few mm -hmm. hours because I mean, the way it happened you were in a couple meetings or something right during work right and i was like trying to text you and, and our friend scott and we're, i was just trying to get some reactions and you're like i can't follow all this stuff it's happening too fast uh which makes it really fun but man i just i wish some of this stuff happened on like wednesday would be nice you know maybe mm -hmm. a couple more on tuesday obviously the blazers helped us out and got us a few of those but i mean why yeah why is it got to be right at the last minute i just don't understand how that happens every year but i'm so glad that we got the moves we got and it's gonna make the rest of the season really exciting yeah that's a good point i i'm surprised that espn or or turner network tnt hasn't pressured the nba to change the trade deadline so that that last minute of it falls in the afternoon <laughs> so that you can create like a prime time special afternoon special around it because yeah a lot of these moves are happening at least on the pacific time it's like 10 a.m uh 12 p.m right in the middle of the work work day and i mean i was i was in meetings and i just my phone was buzzing with woge bombs and it's a bit awkward for me to stare at my phone <laughs> in the middle of trying to get work done and people are talking about anything everything else but basketball so i got and then i just gotta unravel everything in the afternoon but i would love it if it was prime time and you yeah. could just watch it as it happens on tv yeah. people breaking it down for it's you. not even prime time for the east coast i mean 3 p.m that's right. still a work the work day so if yeah if this right. happened uh, yeah, if the trade deadline was at like 5 p.m pacific that would be great but is is it unfair for us to want the gms to work until 8 p.m eastern time in some <laughs> cases they're probably already up like all night anyway so i don't see the problem yeah exactly i agree uh so let's just jump into it let's digest and break each one of these down the first one of course the biggest mm. one i think the most consequential trade out of this whole thing is obviously the 76ers pulling off that trade to get james harden um, and they send Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and two first-round picks to the Brooklyn Nets. And the 76ers get Paul Millsap as well alongside James Harden. Uh, this, I can't believe this actually <laughs> happened. Um, I was listening to a podcast with Chris Hayes, uh, posted up with Chris Haynes, a reporter for uh, TNT. And um, he was just taught, they were talking, they were talking about this trade potential and um, how bad the 76ers wanted him, wanted James Harden because 
I mean, it's not only that James Harden is best buds with the general manager out there, but he's also pretty good friends with one of the part-time owners of the 76ers. So it seems like there was a lot of pressure to try to get it to happen. The Nets, though, seemed like they didn't really have a big reason to want Ben Simmons or any of these pieces back. But ultimately, mm -hmm. I think that those rumors of James Harden potentially not wanting to be there really scared them enough to finally pull the trigger and I think they got a good return here with Seth Curry and Andre Drummond as well alongside Ben Simmons. Um, it's hard to replace James Harden, obviously, the today. But I think they got enough pieces here to round out a better roster than what they have right now in the middle of an 11-game losing streak right before their win yes, last night. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean... This, this whole thing seems like it happened so fast. I, I can't even understand how it happened. Like, it just blows my mind still. And, and obviously, we haven't seen Harden play yet for the 76ers. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be really exciting. But Ben Simmons also going the other way. Are we actually going to see Ben Simmons play basketball in 2022? That's going to be crazy. And, and I know that he is targeting... I believe it's March 10th, the game against the Sixers as his first game back for this team, <laughs> which is just so petty, you know, like it's so petty and it just seems scripted in a way. Like, of course, he'd pick that game, but it's so petty, uh, but it's going to make for just the most amazing ratings ever. Like, I don't think there's a single NBA fan that isn't going to want to tune in to see Joel Embiid punch Ben Simmons in the face when he tries to go in and drive on him. It's it's yeah. going to be wild. And and maybe Kevin Durant's back for that game, so it makes it more competitive. Um, maybe maybe um, Kyrie Irving is somehow able to play. I don't even know which games he's allowed to play in anymore, if that's a home game or an away game. Um, so it could be a really fun matchup. Um, so I'm excited yeah. for it. Yeah, and I'm excited that this trade went down because bearing good health with all both of these players, and there's no reason to think otherwise. It seems like Ben Simmons is healthy, and it's just a matter of mental health, and it seems like he's targeting a game. The, this is a trade that that puts this both of these teams back into the elite category, at least bearing record that the Nets have. They can climb themselves back into home court advantage. But for a while there, with the Durant injury, the Kyrie Irving stuff, and the Harden injury, it looked like the East was setting itself up for a Miami Heat, Milwaukee Bucks, and, or Bulls. Mm -hmm. And maybe the Cavaliers had a chance to sneak oh. in there. <laughs> now, now it's totally Bucks, 76ers, and the Nets again, I think. Um, I think both these teams really made themselves good. The Chicago Bulls got to figure out their health. But the Eastern Conference, man, is where it's at now. So much more so than, than the West. It's just, it's running deep. And... Uh, I'm happy to, to see this trade go down. Well, the problem is the Nets are not guaranteed the playoffs at this point. Right. Far from it. And who knows what their record will be by the time Simmons and Durant are back. You know, like mm -hmm. this is not a gimme. For, and, and like, do I think they're going to fall to the 11th seed? It's very doubtful. Very, very doubtful. The Wizards would have to really turn it on to uh, to catch mm -hmm. up a little bit there. But it's it's sketchy you know like someone they're gonna they're gonna have to play one of the raptors or if they somehow fall into the nine seed i mean you're you're looking at having to play two games to get into the the playoffs and i don't know it's just 
it puts them in a really bad situation. I mean, basically the same position the Lakers are in right now. Um, but yeah. you, you got to think that they have a really good chance of making the playoffs, but anything can happen when it's just a one game. Yeah, and I mean, they're on this two-game win streak. They got LaMarcus Aldridge back. They got a bunch of bodies coming back, and I think just adding some quality NBA players <laughs> like an Andre Drummond or Seth Curry is enough to give them a little more life and they're in the middle of a home stretch so they won't see Kyrie Irving probably now <laughs> yeah. until after, well after the all-star break so it'll be a rough one but they're two games behind the sixth seed which is the Boston Celtics so that'll get them out of that play in tournament zone so I I still think there's there's life from this team and I, I believe they can do it um and you know there's no updates yet on Kevin Durant gave that infamous answer to Ernie when he was doing the all-star draft, basically a one-worded answer of no <laughs> nope. in terms of an update of how he's feeling. Oh, but um, That whole thing was so funny, of, by the way, that all-star draft. Mm-hmm. Did you get to watch most of it or at least the draft part? I did. I got to watch all of it. <laughs> and I can't believe oh. some of this stuff happens on TV. We, we are so lucky <laughs> to get to see some of this go down. It's, it was so good. <laughs> like LeBron was dying laughing and yeah. yeah chuck was in rare form this is the part where, <laughs> where lebron asks if harden's playing because of the injury and chuck's like oh yeah he's fine he got traded he's fine now he'll rub some icy yeah. hot on that be out next game uh which yeah. i mean they actually are holding him out and he's, he's not gonna play in the all-star game so maybe it was a real injury i don't know i mean it seemed kind of suspect uh when when the trade deadline was looming but i if they're still holding him out it must have actually been a thing um yeah. so sorry harden uh, i guess your injury was real uh we apologize for that um but- yeah one of the other funny moments was <laughs> lebron kevin durant jokingly trying to trade for darius yeah. Garland, and, uh, lebron being like aren't you done making trades today <laughs> <laughs> yeah i am i am very impressed with how stoic and cold stone faced Durant was the whole time like how can you not laugh at that stuff like I know he's probably like seething mad <laughs> as part of him but like how can you not think this is stuff is hilarious like just from a yeah. like he's just he's different man he's he's different <laughs> he doesn't have that that human sense of humor <laughs> um, yeah what a way to see the stark difference between him and LeBron in terms of personality right um but the crazy thing is just like that what probably could have looked like one of the greatest teams ever assembled in terms of three s- superstars, two former MVPs still in their prime, probably a guy who's arguably the best player in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of break apart without really yeah. ever putting an impact. Like I can't really think of any James Har- big James Harden moments no his year and a half time as a net no yeah i mean nothing heroic i mean he was injured for half the playoffs tried to i mean help almost got over milwaukee with you know durant and half of harden and that was pretty impressive but yeah i mean they just never it, it never clicked for them they only ever played 16 games together i believe where all of them were healthy and they're 13 and three in the games where all three of them were healthy and playing just to give you a taste of what could have been. But mm-hmm. obviously, we know it never panned out. And we'll always just be left wondering what could have been. Yeah, it's it's in, it's insane. It's insane the, the sort of the stars having to align for this to even come together. And then for it to come together and then just fall apart. Without 
it being completely injury mm-hmm. related. I guess there was that piece, but there was also the self-destruction with Kyrie Irving and whatever internal team dynamics maybe had a play here. Yeah. Um, it's just absurd to see this all go down, but James Harden, 32 years old, has that player option for $46 million next year uh, with the, with the 76ers. Apparently he missed opting in. He still has a chance to do it in the summer. But he's now eligible for a four-year, $223 million deal starting in 2023 Oof. with the 76ers. Even though he's shooting career lows <laughs> this year at 41%, 33% from three. Hmm. This is a total all-in move for the 76ers. But I was watching ESPN and they, one of the guys on there called it that this has the 76ers have an opportunity to possibly give the worst contract. <laughs> in the NBA for the next few years to James Harden if they wow. resign him. That's a bold that, take. Yeah, that's very bold. And obviously the shooting numbers aren't encouraging, but it's still James Harden. Like mm-hmm. he's not going to degrade over the next I mean, he he may by the 5 years he'll degrade, but for the next 2 or 3 years he's still going to be an all-star caliber player. Superstar mm-hmm. level even. So, in my mind that still makes it worth it. Obviously, the way contracts are constructed, it makes them look really dumb by the end of them sometimes when it's like, I'm going to be paying James Harden 50-something million dollars at age 37 when he might not be (laughs) worth anything anymore. And we're seeing that with John Wall, obviously, or Russell Westbrook. The way they're constructed, it's like, yeah, it's just weird that you have to give them more money later in the contract. Uh, especially for these guys that are already in their 30s. But that's the way it goes. I mean, you, you risk it all to get a championship. And yeah, if they don't get one in the next two years, and this is what just what happened with the Nets, right? If you don't get it in the next two mm-hmm. years, you got to blow it up. And so they had to blow it up. And so now they're going to look a lot different. Yeah, and you still get a guy who could potentially be a top 10 player and maybe the fit didn't work with the Nets, but you get a top 10 player, one of the top guards uh, right next to... Joel Embiid, who's man, this guy's top three player yep. in the league right now. I'm mm-hmm. not. I guess it goes Giannis, Jokic, and then Joel Embiid right Some now with the that, way yeah. he's playing. So you can't let this go to waste. And then you also got a young kid in Tyrese Maxey just lighting it up. Tobias Harris is doing his thing. Yeah, <laughs> but you got a solid team and a solid run at the East right now. So if you're gonna take a risk, take it now. Um, on the other side, you got Ben Simmons at 24, locked in until 2024 at four years and $140 million. I mean, Ben Simmons is a bit of an unknown, but what you do know is even, even if he just comes out of the gates feeling okay, you got a guy who could potentially be first team, second team, all defense. Yeah. Guy who's still a great playmaker just based off his first instinct. Um, shooting woes and all. Maybe it's not that big of a deal when you got Kevin Durant <laughs> on your roster. Yeah. You got Seth Curry, um, and you got Kyrie Irving, a prolific scorer as well. So I the the fit seems to make sense, but there's just the question marks of health and um whether he's ready to take the court and what, what he's gonna look like once he's on. Yeah. It, it's really tough because we don't exactly know what is going on with like his timeline or like why isn't he why hasn't he been able to be basketball ready? You know, like, Mm -hmm. especially knowing the trade deadline was coming up, like if you think they're going to get traded, like, don't you want to be in shape to play basketball when you when you get traded? But I have to wait another month at least to see if he can play basketball 
So it, it is a risk for them, but yeah, on paper, it is a really good fit, like you mentioned. Um, it's a lot less shots that you know you're not seeing from Harden that Irving and Durant get to put up instead. So in all, maybe this team actually looks better um, with mm-hmm. this construction, but uh, I don't know. Ben Simmons is still as much of a question mark as James Harden at this point, honestly. I, I, I won't. I don't know. I hope it works out for both of them and we get a really good playoff matchup. But yeah, this is a, this was a crazy trade, man. I cannot believe this happened. Like this is so cool. <laughs> yeah. The other point I, I wanted before we move off of this is let me trying to figure out unless you know, off the top mm. of your head, what Houston or what the Nets gave up mm. to Houston to get James Harden. Well, they didn't. They gave up pretty much all their draft picks for the next six years. Um, but as far as players, they gave Jared Allen to the Cavs. They gave Karis LeVert eventually. For, like he went to the Rockets, then to the Pacers. Um, I'm pretty sure that's it. So Houston, so the Brooklyn Nets traded a 2021 first round draft pick, a 2022 draft pick, 2023, a 2024, and a 2025. Ooh. Yeah. 2026 and 2027 to the Rockets. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. That is such a package mm-hmm. versus at the versus what you get now on the other side of it, further down the road. Did that turns into Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, and Andre Drummond? You still got Yikes. you got two first round picks back though from Philly. That's true. So that you know you recoup some of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you have Durant and Ben Simmons and Kyrie for another four years, you don't need those draft picks. You know, <laughs> that's yeah. the thinking at least. But yeah, obviously things bad things can happen. We'll see what where the Houston Rockets are at in 2026, 2027. <laughs> wow. Uh, Anyways, moving on. The Blazers officially tanking question mark, question blowing mark. it up. <laughs> I guess it I guess they tr- pretty much are trading Norman Powell, Robert Covington to the Clippers for Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, Keon Johnson, and a 2025 second rounder. Um, and then they also turn around and send CJ McCollum, Larry Nance, Tony Snell. To the Pelicans were Josh Hart, Alexander Walker, Thomas Stradanowski, Didi Lozada, and a protected 2022 first rounder and two second round picks. Um, I mean, quite the salary dump for the first one, Norman Powell, Robert, yeah. Rob Covington. I got to think this is setting the Blazers up to extend Anthony Simmons and what. I mean, you obviously got to extend this guy based off what he's doing. So yeah. light in the payroll there, trading CJ McCollin. I think that makes sense. Uh, start their actual tanking and take that, take back that first rounder and second rounder, and again also lighten up the the payroll here, and you get back a young guy like Josh Hart. And Alexander Walker's got huge question marks, but maybe they're well that yeah, they turned him around and traded him to Utah. I forgot, <laughs> and now he's not I even just realized playing. That. That's how far Nikhil. Yeah. yeah, we talked about him uh, last podcast, right? One of the most disappointing yeah. players what? this year. What a huge, um, what a way to start the year with so much hype and then towards the middle of it end up being traded by two teams and now just sort of sitting at the end of the bench there for for the Utah Jazz. But DN, in reaction DNP to coach's decision tonight for the Jazz. <laughs> DMP from my boy Alexander Walker. Oof. But 
CJ McCollum's balling out for the Pelicans and they got themselves a a solid guard out there now. Um, Didn't resign Lonzo, but instead you got (laughs) CJ McCollum, which I guess, I guess that's, that's making up for that mistake a bit. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a big move for a small market team. I mean, this is how you have Mm -hmm. to get players, right? You know, you don't get a lot in free agency. So trades is the way to go. Um, they're able to use some of that draft capital that you got from the Anthony Davis trade and the Drew Holiday trade. Uh, make CJ McCollum out of that. I mean, great player overall. Uh, great offensive weapon. Definitely needed some help at the guard position because Alexander Walker didn't work out very well. But let's give some credit to Josh Hart. This guy <laughs> has been playing fantastic basketball this year. He's a big reason the Pelicans were able to for a small moment of time, get back into that nine or that 10 seed over the Blazers. He was, mm-hmm. he was playing spectacularly. Um, but now the Blazers are on some crazy hot streak right now. It's really funny that these two teams made this trade and they're also fighting each other for a playing spot. Um, I'm not sure which one actually wants it. I, I want to say the Pelicans actually want it and the Blazers front office doesn't want it, but the players want it. <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, so that's been really yeah, fun you- to watch. <laughs> Yeah, you would think the Pelicans would have a bigger shot at this with McCollum now and Ingram mm-hmm. uh, at the here. But, you know, CJ McCollum since going to New Orleans, 26 points per game, yeah. 50% shooting, Oof. 33% shooting from three, just sliding it up, 83% at the free throw line. Uh, attempts are up. Everything's up, of yeah. course, no surprise. But CJ McCollum is just scoring buckets right now, even, even despite that injury he had the middle of the year with the collapse long so good to yeah. see him i think he likes coming being back the guy here. there <laughs> yeah i i bet he does <laughs> he's at 30 years old and he's still got a couple more years locked in on that contract so pelicans next year might actually look pretty decent with ingram and yeah. a healthy zion yeah, and yeah. cj i mean god we're just we're just praying zion can come back i saw a statistic today that said that Zion has at this point in his career only played three more games than Greg Oden did in his first three seasons, which a lot of people are already making those comparisons of Zion to Greg Oden. And now you can kind of even put uh, Durant and John ja- ja Morant in that same boat, you know, second pick, just lighting mm-hmm. it up while the first one can't even get on the court. Um, yeah, pretty crazy. Um, but then uh, talking a little bit about the Norman Powell trade, that one is crazy too because a Norm Powell, obviously a baller, they give him up for nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing. Eric Bledsoe has been terrible for us all year. Justice Winslow was <laughs> a, barely able to get 15 minutes a game for us because we have so many guys at that position. Keon Johnson's unproven, was injured anyway, whatever, and and a, what, a second round pick. Big freaking deal. We gave up nothing of value to get a guy on a long-term, pretty good deal who is only going to make our team way better once Kawhi and Paul George come back. Because, I mean, this you have this guy making spot-up shots with passes from Leonard and Paul George. I mean, this, this is going to be great. Obviously... It's not going to translate to a bunch of wins in the short term. Still, we're actually we were actually zero and two um, when we when he had Norm Powell play, but he did get twenty eight points in his debut with the Clippers off the bench. So, uh, a lot of good things to come there. I'm super excited for that. I'm not sure if we're going to keep Covington next year. Um, if I had to guess, maybe we try to resign him for a small amount. But if we have Nick Batum already in that position, I don't really think 
Rob Covington is needed, but it's a nice piece to have just in the meantime, just hanging out. It's a better piece than Ibaka than yeah. slow injury. Yeah, Ibaka. We, we got rid of Ibaka too. Yeah, we traded him to Milwaukee. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's unfortunate that Norman Pauk went down because this was a pretty good trade for the Clippers. Get out of that Eric Bledsoe mm-hmm. deal. And yeah, man, Norman Powell is a quality player and he just keeps he, he keeps being part of these trades where he's almost just like thrown into, even though it's a quality player. Um, so glad to see him land here. Uh, Clippers obviously make their team make the move to make their team a little bit tra- better. Blazers lighten the payload. Um, what do you think, Sean? Clippers got a shot with these, well, I guess no more Norman Powell, but this is a clear move that it seems like maybe Paul George and Kawhi may be coming back. I don't know if it means that. I, I don't think, I actually don't think either of them is going to come back this year. Um, I, oh. I think Norm Powell was more of a long term play. I, I, he's on what, a five year deal? Like five years, 90 million? Right. Yeah. Th- th- this is more for Paul and, and Leonard than it is for this year. I think it definitely would have helped us. I don't even know how long he's going to be out right now, though. Like, sounds like his injury is pretty bad. Yeah, he's out indefinitely. Yeah. So, oh, well, (laughs) I didn't see that one coming, obviously. I think we intended Mm -hmm. for him to at least keep us in play in relevancy. But yeah. Oh, well. Terrence Mann's just going to have to hold the fort down. (laughs) Terrence Mann and Reggie Jackson and Zubaka. And Zubaka, yeah. Yeah. No no Serge Ibaka there to take his minutes away, no. Yeah. Uh, Another interesting one, Pacers and Kings. This was one of the the first big deal, I think, that went down. And uh, at first I was... I didn't know what to think of it. This was such a bizarre trade. I feel... I, I mean... We had chatted about and rumors had been around that Sabonis was on the trade block. Yeah. But I really wanted to see Sabonis move to a team where it was actually going to be consequential to the playoffs. <laughs> so for to see him go to the Kings Oof. was a bit of a disappointment. <laughs> what do you mean but the Kings are going to make the playoffs now? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's 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 an interesting deal. For one, the Kings, I think, get the better player for right now. Sabonis, two-time All-Star, all potential All-NBA guy. Uh, but the cost seems so high to trade Tyrese Halliburton. Mm. And once you see this deal down, I think I understand why an actual playoff team or contender couldn't ultimately make a move for Sabonis because this was probably the best deal the Pacers could have gotten out in the market oh, yeah. to get Tyrese Halliburton back. Um, get, you know, Buddy Hill and Tristan Thompson are like, whatever, but <laughs> Halliburton, a guy who is just sort of like a very tough player to find nowadays, sort of like a, just a high IQ point guard who's not undersized, can handle the ball really well, sets his teammates up really well. And if he needs to, can also just score the ball at a high level. It's just sort of like a, a, a well-rounded triple threat point guard, pure point guard that you don't, that's becoming harder and harder to see. I think these days with so many more guards coming out of coming to the league with a score first mentality and shoot first mentality, which is understandable with the way the league is going. But Tyrese Halliburton, I think was truly a diamond in the rough. And I think he's on his, he's going to be on his way to have a great career with the Indiana Pacers. And I mean, we already see that through the first three games he's played for them. He's averaging 20 and 10, just (laughs) no big deal out there, even though he's got some scrappy teammates around him. Yeah. uh, He's still making things work. 
man. So he's gonna. It, it was, this was crazy. He's gonna get so many more of those assists once Miles Turner comes back too. The pick and roll mm-hmm. game between those guys is going to be pretty fun to watch. Um, right. But yeah, he's still hurt, so we'll have to wait on that one. But yeah, the the crazy thing is like, how was Tyrese Halliburton even available? You know, like yeah, obvi- like if you're the Pacers, like you're just like, oh man, we have to jump on this right away. Because, yeah, like mm-hmm. you said, like there's no there's nothing anyone could offer that's better than Tyrese Halliburton. And, it, yeah. it, you know, it's interesting when you look at it, because this is a guy that is he was the former 12th pick in last year's draft. Like it's essentially a late lottery pick. And that's not considered super valuable, you know, when it's you don't know who it is you know, it's when, it, when it's a future pick. But with Halliburton, like this is a guy that is potentially a, a future all nba guy like sabonis but maybe even better because he's a ball handler he can shoot the three at over 40 percent, and we don't even mm-hmm. know what his ceiling is i mean we've seen this guy break out hugely when De'Aaron fox was hurt on sacramento and he's continuing it now with brogdon hurt for indiana you know if this guy can be a 20 point 10 assist guy with you know a couple steals a game too for averaging 40 percent from three on a season like that is an amazing player amazing like that that's a once in a in a draft type of player like that that does not come yeah. around and so yeah this was a no-brainer for the pacers and obviously sabonis is a great player you know we love sabonis mm-hmm. on this podcast i mean we love him for yeah. fantasy mostly but <laughs> he, the dude just puts up numbers and it's cool to see a big man be a playmaker but as far as the two players go, like Halliburton seems like he almost has equal value to Sabonis. Where a lot of NBA right. executives this, thought he's untouchable. Yeah, exactly. The ceiling, I think, is the key difference because I feel like whenever this trade is discussed, I feel like Sabonis is a bit disrespected because I think he's he's obviously above average player. Yeah. Uh well within the top 30, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, but the ceiling that Halliburton has shown just seems so much higher. He's younger, significantly younger, still on a rookie deal. So you, Pacers don't even have to worry about paying him for another three years. <laughs> so this is just absurd that this even happened. And yeah, I think back to the way the, the, the deal itself, it's, I think what it also says is that De'Aaron Fox may not have as much value or may not be that guy that the Sacramento Kings were hoping for, at least in this moment because i gotta think De'Aaron fox was there was originally in the script yeah. for that trade or the framework of that trade mm-hmm. and somehow discussions kept going kept going and at some point the kings just wanted to make a deal to get a good player back and they had no choice but to include Halliburton for whatever reason they felt they needed to yeah and and i think that's sort of <laughs> one of the rough things i think if for the few king fans out there or just the king franchise is that they've made some mistakes and you know obviously one of the big ones is getting marvin bagley not getting luca uh trading mm-hmm. away some of the guys that they did and maybe this fox deal was also one of those mistakes is 5 years 163 million dollars uh the biggest part of his contract hasn't even kicked in yet and he's averaging Three-year lows, basically, low numbers that are not quite as low as his rookie year, but you exclude the rookie year, and it's like three years. It's the lowest he's he's had out there. Twenty-one points, forty-six percent shooting, twenty-six percent from three, 
74% from the free throw line. Uh, like Fox is just not really breaking into elite scoring territory, at least at an efficient rate at this point. Um, so it was tough to probably move him and he had to correct two mistakes <laughs> uh, by sending away the best thing you've done in the last five <laughs> years, which is tough. And maybe in a, in a weird way, the Kings feel like they've now reset the reset themselves by having a guy like Sabonis and, and Fox still on their roster. And I mean, these are two nice pieces, but it just sucks that to correct the mistakes of the past, you had to trade away a guy like Halliburton. Yeah. And let's not discount Fox yet. I mean, when they mm-hmm. made this deal with him last year, he was averaging 25 points a game. He was having a great right. year. And, and we didn't know if that was Fox's ceiling. It seems like it's just more of his ceiling now that he's regressed a lot this season. You could chalk up a lot of that to bad coaching, although I don't think that's ever going to change in Sacramento. Mm-hmm. They they seem very attached to bad coaches, so maybe Fox won't ever get the luxury of having a good coach. But this guy can still ball, you know. Let's let's not forget that. But it is true. It's like when you have a guy like Halliburton, you're like, oh wow, like maybe we did even better the next year. So that's the problem when you draft guys that already play the position you already have. You know, <laughs> like why you draft two point guards now and you ended up having to get rid of one of them because you just couldn't play both of them at the same time. Like it just doesn't yeah. work sometimes. And, and you're seeing the same and thing with Cleveland where it's like now they're just gonna have to dump Sexton because Garland's better. Mm-hmm. It's like you just wasted the Sexton pick. Th- yeah, the bad thing with the Kings though is they had to drop the better yeah they had to get rid better of their value better player. player yeah exactly uh, you know yeah it's just classic kings man <laughs> yeah that that's the big stinker in this but uh, uh regardless though they got two guys um maybe they can make their way into the play in tournament uh <laughs> and maybe start building their team a little bit better around these two guys who they now have locked in at least for the next yeah. 2 to 3 years yeah that's the worst part is you make this move you're not even guaranteed to get into the play in right now <laughs> like they're they're still in the 12th seed they haven't moved up at all yeah exactly um did anything else on this trade sean oh man i'm very interested at what the pacers will look like next year um are they just going to keep this roster similar to what they have and just hope halliburton becomes an all-star or are we going to see more moves for them in the offseason um might be a lot different looking team like maybe brogdon's even gone um mm-hmm. yeah this this will this will be an interesting rebuild um kind of a rebuild on the fly where you don't have to tank multiple years because you basically have your your core piece now yeah that's a that's a good point do you, do you wait it out and see what you can get what you get out of brogdon and tj warren potentially next year i don't think you Miles get anything tj warren at this point <laughs> Yeah, or I'm saying like next year and see see what, yeah. what these guys look like suiting up, or do you abandon all all hope and trade Brogdon in the summer or at the start of the year and see what yeah. you can get for him and just hold on to Miles Turner and Halliburton yeah. and just build as you I go. Think those those are two good pieces to build around. I mean, neither of them are superstar. Halliburton could become mm-hmm. a superstar. But it they're gonna have to be a pretty deep, solid team. Like like, like they were supposed to be this year. Obviously, right. all the injuries they had just made it not work out again. It's the same story mm-hmm. as last year at these Pacers. I thought it was gonna be a good team. You know, Brogdon was playing really well. 
hurt for like two months. Sabonis got hurt for a little bit. Turner's been hurt for a long time. Warren never came back. <laughs> you know, it's like they never had a chance. It's like the Nets. They never had a chance to show what they could do. Uh, McConnell, TJ McConnell yeah. hurt the whole season. So, yeah, yeah, that's right. TJ McConnell looked really good out there. Yeah. Carice Levert looked good he as did. well when he came mm-hmm. back, but it's just it's, they just uh, were not winning games. Yeah, it's the cruel, it's the cruel fate of injuries, man. You never really get to see how how it could have been. Yeah. Moving on here, though, Mavs and Wizards. This is probably not the oddest one, but <laughs> I think it's a odd. little. I think it's just it's a sad one. <laughs> it to is. Me. It really this is. Is this? The saddest trade because it's so bluntly clear what is happening here. Yeah. And Mavs giving up on Porzingis. Uh really feel like he wasn't the fit, wasn't that second fiddle that they thought he was going to be. And they're willing to give him up for two players that <laughs> don't do anything to make the <laughs> roster better. And I'm not it doesn't help their financial situation from a from a strategic pay pay pay, you know, payroll perspective. Like Bertans, five years, 80 million, uh, three more seasons after this one. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie just signed for three years with the Wizards this offseason. So now you're inheriting that pretty basically new contract, $54 million. Um, then you trade away Porzingis, who had two years left on this $33 million, um, who is arguably the better player, and you just end up splitting it for two uh, contracts that are smaller in, in dollar amount, yeah. but longer in years yeah well i have a feeling the mavs are going to try to aggressively trade both of these guys during the offseason because oh i just yeah you don't think so i mean i think they are but yeah. i just it seems so tough yeah, who's gonna to, take to who's gonna take davis bertans <laughs> that that is a big question because man i i remember i thought this was the worst deal of that offseason or maybe one of them there were some mm-hmm. bad ones that whole offseason Duncan was, Robinson was up there <laughs> yeah that's the same year was it the same year Joe Harris got yeah, paid Harris, too yeah all the three-point shooters got paid a buttload of money and the only one yeah. that's been worth it so far is Fred Van Fleet <laughs> but yeah Davis Bertans oh my gosh dude this guy is so bad at basketball like I don't watch a lot of Wizards games and obviously this guy doesn't play a lot in the Wizards games, but when he does, he just looks so goofy out there. Like he just doesn't <laughs> look like he knows what's happening. You know, like his mm-hmm. only thing he knows what to do is stand in the corner and wait for someone to pass him the ball so he can shoot a three. And he hasn't even been shooting it as good as he used to. So that's going to be a tough one to move. I don't know what team's going to want Bertans unless it's a salary dump. Like maybe OKC will take him for a draft pick, but that's yeah. But this is it. The length it's still pretty heavy. Three seasons. Oh yeah, three years. No, it's a very undesirable guy to have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And there's a guy who's only averaged 15 minutes a game this year and last year. It's just an absurd. It's an it's absurd not deal. Good. <laughs> yeah, and then on the other one, Spencer Dinwiddie. Oh, I mean, I feel bad for this guy. Excited to sign with the Wizards. Get a, get a starting role, play next to Bradley Beal, gets shipped out to the Mavs, and I guess is now playing with Jalen Brunson and and Luca. Luca yeah. being one of the elite guys at that position. Jalen Brunson also on the upswing. It's just you got three guys who are pretty redundant of each other, except you also have the guy who's the absolute best at that mm-hmm. at that playing style. So yeah. why do you need 
another dude who plays exactly this, almost exactly the same. Yeah, I mean, some I think someone will want Dinwiddie. There's gotta be someone that wants just the you know, kind of expensive point guard that can ball mm-hmm. handle. <sighs> Maybe I don't know. The Magic seem to like collecting point guards these days, so hey, they'll 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 bring on Dinwiddie too. But yeah, Bertans that'll be very interesting to see if they're able to do it. They might have to give up some serious draft capital to like offload him to OKC or something. I could see that happening. Yeah. Um, on the other side of it, what what does Porzingis, how does Porzingis look for you on this Wizards team? Does that make any sense at all? It doesn't. I don't. I don't understand it. You got Porzingis. You got Ruhashimaru, Kyle Kuzma. Uh, you still got Thomas Bryant. You got a slew of these. Well, but Thomas Bryant's not so much in that category. But you know Kuzma, who's really breaking out, having a great yeah. year. Ruhashimaru, who you drafted, and kind of all three of these guys play the almost the same style. They're score first guards who can also pass, but they're not ex- any really elite in defense or anything so it just seems like an odd fit to bring him along with along on this roster and i don't know i just don't i'm not really sure what they're looking at probably just one last hope that they put a good player next to bradley beal next year if he decides to stay Mm -hmm. um but it, it it's odd i don't i don't really see it and i feel more i feel more badly for porzingis that he's been bouncing around now and getting traded for basically very <laughs> weird, weird packages. Well, he just can't stay um, healthy. He's not worth anything, mm-hmm. you know? Like, he'd be worth something if he could play half the season even, but he can't. Right. Yeah, and now the New York Knicks look like geniuses all the <laughs> couple years ago when yeah. they made this trade, and all of us had our mouths to the floor when looking at what Dallas gave up for him. Mm-hmm. DeAndre Jordan, Wesley Matthews, Dennis Smith Jr., and think, a 2021 first-round first mm-hmm. round pick. Right. It seemed like a steal back then, but now it almost feels like they, they, that, that package is a lot better than taking <laughs> back Spencer Dinwiddie yeah. and Davis Bertans, I think. Yeah, I'd say hey, win for the Wizards getting out of Bertans' contract, man. Yeah, yeah. Like, at exactly. least Porzingis is only two years. Bertans is four years of wasted salary cap. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe this went down. But um, anyways, maybe there was there's another chess piece move to be made here with the with the Mavs to somehow improve their roster. But oh man, this just feels like such a such a slowdown, and it just seems like such a burden. To I don't know how they're going to be able to still continue building this roster out for Luca. Yeah, by committing this money. Yeah, it really seems like the only guy. I mean, <laughs> do you see they gave this like fat extension to Dorian Finney-Smith, like yep, four I did years, see that. fifty-five. Which I mean, guy, I guess it's not that fat by today's standards, but it's like I know he's like a glue guy, but you're not winning a championship by giving Dorian Finney-Smith a bunch of money. And mm-hmm. I feel like the only guy on the roster that's even like really worth his stuff outside of Luca is Jalen Brunson. Mm-hmm. So th- these are your two guys that really matter are Luca and Jalen Brunson. You need to get better pieces around Luca, especially because you're not paying anyone a bunch of money anymore. You know, like you got to get out of Breton's contract. You got to get rid of Dinwiddie and you got to bring in guys that can actually play basketball around Luca, build the whole team around yep. him. Yeah, and you don't do yourself any favors by adding another guard to check up minutes from. 
Jalen yeah. Brunson and Luca. Yeah, I don't think Dinwiddie is came on to play. I think it was just to get rid of Porzingis. That was really their mm-hmm. only main goal of, of the trade deadline because they they've they've shown that they can win without him. I mean, he's he's right. barely played for them over the last few months. So yeah, they'll just. I I don't think they expect to win the championship this year. Um, which obviously Luca's probably pretty fed up with the first round exits, but. Yeah, you you gotta rebuild around him a little more. Yeah. So moving on, we got the smaller deals here. Derek White for Josh Richardson. The Celtics get Derek White. Uh, this actually ended up being a pretty good deal, I think, because mm-hmm. you just had Marcus Marco down with injury, and you got a guy who can slide right in there and help you out. Uh, I think this is a solid move. I can't mm-hmm. believe that the the Spurs were really willing to let go of Derek White like that. Yeah, uh, I mean, the Spurs were another team that just has a huge log jam at the guard position. I mean, DeJounta Murray's obviously their, like, build-around piece now. But then you have guys like Devin Vassell, Lonnie Walker, hell, Josh Primo, the guy they draft. They, see, that's the problem. They keep drafting the same position every year. <laughs> and like, well, I guess we don't have room for Derek White. Uh, we'll probably need to rebuild around some of these other guys. They're on better contracts. Um, Devin Vassell looks like he he's coming into his own, so it probably made Derek White more, uh, I don't know, I guess able to be moved. Um, but yeah, that's a, I mean, Celtics coming off their like what nine game winning streak, uh, yeah. pick up this guy for a little playoff push, not bad. Uh, sorry, sorry yeah. to sorry to break your heart there, but the Celtics are are looking pretty good nowadays. I know they're actually looking pretty decent and. They also got their boy Daniel Tice back on an even on the contract that they did not want to give <laughs> yeah. him, but they found their way back to him. Yeah, pretty that's similar the to the Al Horford. Yeah, that's the second time they've done that. What the heck? <laughs> yeah, they let these guys walk. They don't want to give them the deal they want. They get it somewhere else, and then they end up trading so for that contract stupid. anyways. What a yeah. dumb thing. Hornets getting Montrez Harrell for Ish Smith and Vernon Carey. Uh, not, not a bad pick. I, not a bad pickup. I think here for the Hornets. Yeah. I mean, they've been lacking that small ball center. Um, but I think PJ Washington was supposed to be, but that really mm-hmm. hasn't worked out this year. And I don't think they want to go into the playoffs or hell, even just the play in, uh, with Mason Plumley as their main center. Uh, so I think Harold can fill that role a little more, at least take some minutes away from Plumley. Um, if they need to go that route away from the traditional center, he's not a good defender though. So, but neither mm-hmm. are the Hornets. So it's just fully leaning into the <laughs> offense, uh, which uh, I'm a fan of. It'll be fun. Yeah, I, I I like this trade. Free up some, free up that big man clog you also yeah. had in on the Wizards. Yeah. You got Thomas Bryant coming back healthy, so free up some minutes for him and the Hornets get mm-hmm. a nice piece. For their team that's currently sitting in the ninth seed game behind the Nets for the eighth seed. Yeah. So I, I just want to see Harold no, actually three and a half, three and a half oh, games. Okay, yeah, pretty far. I just want to see yeah. Harold succeed. You know, still got that clipper, clipper spirit in him. Yeah. Pacers trading Tory Craig to the Suns for Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith, anything notable about this guy? He was the tenth <laughs> pick. The Suns picked him over Tyrese Halliburton in twenty twenty, and since then he's only played less than fifteen minutes a game. And then really done much. Mm-hmm. So Pacers get get a top ten, a guy who was a former top ten pick. Not just bad. give up and just give up Tory Craig. And the <laughs> Suns get the get Craig back, a guy who played some big minutes in that Bucks series. So 
they get him back ready for another playoff run with them. Not too bad. Yeah, and good good upside move for the Pacers. I mean, got rid of Sabonis, so that power forward position's a little wide open right now. Uh, I know they got that guy, Isaiah Jackson, the rookie from Kentucky, who has shown mm-hmm. some flashes, but, you know, throw these guys all in there, see, see what sticks to the wall, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, just one last point on this. Could you imagine if the Suns had picked Tyrese Halliburton? in that draft if they did that would they have kept chris paul though true maybe they wouldn't have gotten chris paul you know changes the whole outlook yeah but if they did get chris paul what a hell of a three-guard lineup they would have i wonder if halliburton (laughs) would develop the same way he wouldn't get the same opportunity that's true yeah it's like behind behind booker and paul's both getting 35 minutes a game that doesn't mean there's like 20 minutes a game for halliburton that's true. Yeah, I don't know. Well, before closing off the trade deadline stuff, who was the biggest winner here, Sean, you think? Hmm, that's a great question. I'm going to have to go. Hmm. For me, it's a tie between the Clippers and the Pacers. Clippers and yeah, the Pacers. And the Clippers just got Norm Powell for nothing. And <laughs> the Pacers got Hal Burton. First a bonus, which was the best asset you could get. I think it's the best asset anyone got at the trade deadline as far as long term okay. success. Mm-hmm. That's big. Time. I can I agree with that. I like those picks. I'll give you one different. Mm. Ben Simmons. Mm, yes. The, the man Ben, <laughs> ben Simmons. Simmons. Yeah. Daryl Morey. Daryl Morey. Daryl Morey. Can you, too. you, Matt, all she has had haters the whole year being like, how have you not traded Simmons yet? What are you waiting for? You're not going to get True. anyone good for Ben Simmons. And out of a hat, he pulls out James Harden. My God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, everybody got what they wanted. You're right. He said to hell with Buddy Keel, Fox, <laughs> yep. and who been Harrison CJ Barnes. McCollum. I'm not doing that. Yeah, yeah. CJ McCollum. I don't know who else. Probably. I'm maybe Sabonis was offered. Yeah. Uh, yep. But you get a top ten player in James Harden and your old buddy for right. sure. Yeah, reunited. <laughs> so yeah, Ben, ben Simmons. Simmons and Daryl Morey. I think those are the official answers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, other news, breaking down other stuff, moving on after the trade deadline, Bradley Beal is done for the year, getting surgery on his left wrist. Um, tough break, but I guess I'm not surprised there. I think the Wizards just really don't have much going for them uh, at this point anymore. Um Lamella Ball, DeJounte Murray getting their first all-star appearances selected as the alternatives, alternatives, alternates for injured Kevin Durant and Draymond Green. I think these are the fair picks. Yeah. I don't know. I think so too. And then Jared Allen replacing James Harden. I think that's the interesting one where mm-hmm. I think I would have picked Siakam over, over yeah. Allen personally. I wonder if Allen got the nod just because of the Cavs record. But Siakam looks like he's back to being Siakam again. So Mm -hmm. I would have definitely given it to him. Allen's had a great year, though. So, you know, Siakam might feel snubbed. But yeah, I think the other two guys make a lot of sense. I'm glad DeJounte Murray got it because dude's been balling low keys, like incredibly for San Antonio, who's just super sad otherwise. So there's not much he can do. Yeah. Yeah. He's tapping that superstar level. But other thing for Jared Allen is 
He's the hometown kid, mm. Cleveland. Yeah, it's true. I, I guess, yeah, that, that does give him a little extra nod. You, so, yeah, Cleveland gets two All-Stars uh, first time since LeBron. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Ooh. Jared Allen, yep. Rising teams, quickly, here we go. We got Boston Celtics, nine-game win streak. Uh, they got the sixth <laughs> seed. Uh, they lost a close one to Detroit tonight, though. And I saw that. Jeremy Grant put down some good buckets. Jason Tatum couldn't hit the game winner at the end there. But still, they're looking a lot better than they did. They did lose Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart, so that's that's a bit of a tough break. But still, from where they looked like they were going to at the, you know, back in December, uh, and all the rumors going around, and, you know, there's always the talks of Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum having to be split up. Mm-hmm. Right now, they're riding... They're riding a good wave and they're a game behind the 76ers for the fifth seed and have a half game lead on the Raptors who are in the seventh seed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They're looking really good. The defense is spectacular. Only gave up a hundred points twice during the win streak. Um, I think, I think in one of those games, they I thought it might have been against the Kings. They held them like 75 points. Um, so <laughs> oh, that's, yeah. you know, classic King stuff, but yeah, they're, they're clicking. They're looking good. And hopefully Marcus Smart isn't out too long. Do you know what his injury is? I actually don't know that off the top of my head. I don't. I don't know how long he's going to be out. Yeah, but I mean, um, it's a good thing they got Derek White in the meantime because that, like mm-hmm. you said, that's that's going to be a good fill-in for them. Uh, maybe they miss Der- Dennis Schroeder a little bit if, if Marcus Smart stays hurt for a while. Mm-hmm. Nah, probably not. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Uh, they could always try to get him back in the buyout market. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not gonna happen uh yeah the other one surprising on the list is the trailblazers yeah, four game hell? win streak <laughs> they're they're back over new orleans for the last play-in spot and Amphrey simmons josh Hart, and nurkic are all balling Justice out right winslow now too. I mean, winslow's actually playing yeah. really well <laughs> who would have thought maybe he's young what? covington yeah, what is going on in Portland right now? They're they're winning, maybe a product of an easy stretch right now before you get to the the All Star break. But you know they're still making noise. So let me ask you this: How good do you think Josh Hart is? Because on paper he looks really good. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, since he came to Portland, twenty four points a game, five rebounds, four assists, all in wins. Is this sustainable for Josh Hart? Can Josh Hart be this type of player? I think if you give him the minutes, the dude finds a way to be productive on the court. Um, can, does it is it going to result directly in wins with that many minutes? I don't think so, but I just think he's a machine of productivity. So <laughs> he's just all over the floor. I think he is a good player. I think he's a, a great guy to be a sixth man on a on a pretty elite team. Um, and when he's starting and he's not on an elite team, I think this is, I'm not surprised to see these numbers here. If Josh Hart is a starter for an entire season and plays 35 minutes a game, is he an all-star? I think he'll look like one on paper, but mm. no. Interesting. <laughs> is it, yeah. is it because of the Laker vibe? I don't know. I just feel like Josh Hart is seen as this player that was like, oh, yeah, he was decent on the Lakers. But like, oh, he's a good player. Like, he's he's better than I think anyone gives him credit for. 
Yeah, I mean, I think he's I think he's a good player. I think he is slightly above average. And like I said, I think he could win six man of the year on a good he's on a really good team. And if he's starting, I think he's going to just be a productive player. But um, I think the Blazers are sort of the type of team where he would put up numbers like this. They're <laughs> not very good. He's a starter. Um, yeah. They don't really have an offensive identity. So it's just kind of everybody touches the <laughs> ball and whoever can be productive is is just that is like gets more minutes man i just i don't know i believe in josh hart <laughs> you think he could be an all-star you think this guy's like if andrew wiggins player? can be an all-star anyone can be an all-star my, oh, my definition of an all-star <laughs> has changed drastically since that happened anyone can be an all-star yeah. now anyone that averages 17 points a game can be an all-star yeah, Bunch I mean, Josh BS. Hart's a little <laughs> slightly undersized from Wiggins, but maybe, yeah. Nice. Also, let's yeah. stop. Josh Hart is 26. He He's he's hitting his basketball prime. He is. He's going to earn himself yeah. a big contract on his next one if he keeps this up. Yeah. Um, honorable mention, Utah Jazz. Six-game win streak with Gobert Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell broken. coming back. He's just broken by the Lakers tonight. Yeah. Losing Davis tonight Oof. as well. Rip. Tough one. That tough one. Tough. <laughs> Sinking teams. Uh, this one obviously was going to make the <laughs> list. The Brooklyn Nets. 11-game losing God. streak. But they just broke that. They got that win against against the Kings. Uh, they got a couple players coming back. So they, there's, st- there's still chance for them to save their season. We've got enough games left. we got 30 or so games still left in the year. Kyrie's only, Kyrie's yeah. only allowed to play in 13 more of them, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's funny, though. Once, uh, Well, I mean, maybe it's a, just being at home, but no Kyrie, and they won. They won. The, they, yeah. they beat the Kings pretty pretty handedly, yeah. too. The, the Kings the Kings are still going to be prone to giving out victories. They shouldn't. No matter <laughs> no, whether it's a bonus or without, they're still the Kings. <laughs> yeah, they beat the Knicks tonight as well, so... They're on a little mini two-game winning streak uh, for themselves, and they got a whole string of uh, home games coming up here, mm-hmm. so they'll have to do it without Kyrie. Um, Last team, last sad, sad, sad <laughs> one. The Lakers yeah. dropping seven of the last ten. Davis is out tonight against Utah Jazz. Rolled the ankle. Got LeBron back. You got Westbrook back, and you still... You lose a heartbreaker to the Warriors. I uh, can't come back. You come back though, and you win this one against the Jazz. But no Davis. It just seems like a nightmare year for the Lakers. Um, I don't know. This is this is sad. They they might just be in play in and may not actually make it to the playoffs. I don't know. It just it feels like it feels like any it feels like the rough a rough rough year. <laughs> yeah, indeed it is. <laughs> <laughs> the tone of your voice says it all, man. Oh, it made me sad. That Anthony Davis sad. thing, like, the, the x-rays came back negative. It turned out just to be an ankle sprain. We don't know mm-hmm. the degree of the ankle sprain yet, but the dude went down as if, like, his foot got chopped <laughs> off. Like, let's not... I mean, he is being so dramatic. I'm sorry. Like I'm sure it was painful. Uh, yeah, but not that painful. Like he's rolling around on the ground, writhing in pain. And it's like, <laughs> man, 
you're like a six foot ten dude that's like super buff like (laughs) you cannot (laughs) keep going down in a heap every time like someone pushes you slightly or the wind or like the air conditioning comes on in staples center like (laughs) this the dude just falls down all the time like can someone teach this guy how to balance like you (laughs) or or is he being instructed to try to fall gently instead of land on his feet which i don't think makes very much sense just teach him how to land on his feet you know like don't lean into the falling aspect of it like this guy's a big man big men fall hard it's just Mm -hmm. it's ridiculous like it's not it's not a surprise to me that this guy keeps getting hurt every week yeah so now the Lakers are one game behind the Clippers for the eight seed and a full almost four games behind the Timberwolves for the seventh seed. Mm. And you got, I, before I said 30 something games left. No, there's actually 20, 27 ish, 24 ish games it's left in the year there. here. <laughs> it's pressing for the Lakers <laughs> here. And even an ankle sprain that will take, can take this guy out for two weeks. That's quite the hit, or three weeks, two to I three mean, weeks. It's lucky it's right at the all-star break, at least. Yeah, at least you get this string of days to hopefully get some recovery, but we're really coming up against the wall here, mm-hmm. and the Lakers are, might just end up playing, having to be one of either the Clippers or the Timberwolves. Hopefully don't fall that far down, but yeah, to beat the Clippers twice just to get into the eighth seed and... <laughs> get another beat down from the suns without no. i mean i don't know this suns team is so good it's, it's really so much good. better than last year it's really good it's it's a rough one i'd, I'd rather play the warriors honestly yeah i think so you, should, you could almost beat them <laughs> yeah without draymond green i think they're a yeah. bit more beatable than the suns oh definitely without draymond yeah i mean i wonder if he'll be back in time for the playoffs it's like there's no word on when he's supposed to be back that back thing mm-hmm. seems pretty serious, but Clay is rounding into form for them. He's he's looking a lot better, so that that's pretty cool. Uh, Kaminga has been playing an actual good role for this team too, with Draymond out. So that ended up being a really good draft pick for them. They're mm-hmm. they're they're as dangerous as anyone still, but yeah, if I'm the Lakers, I probably still want them over the Suns. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, final thoughts to close the close the podcast out. I asked you who's the biggest winner, Sean. Mm. Who's the biggest loser of the trade deadline? Oh, the Kings. <laughs> <laughs> it's always the Kings. Yeah, I'm trying to think here. Oh, so many names to throw out here. I, I my brain thinks Porzingis. You know, gets shipped out to another team. Gets publicly, basically publicly told that. We just don't need you. Get injured too much. (laughs) But the Kings also makes makes a lot of sense. I'm going to go with Kings fans. Kings fans haven't (laughs) seen the playoffs in over a decade. They've drafted a player outside of the top 10 that looked like he had potential to be the best player of that draft or just an all-NBA guy. And he gets shipped away and in return he gets a bonus. A really good player, but... Even with this guy and De'Aaron Fox, you're still not guaranteed to make the playoffs. Uh, and maybe it was all done to just to make up for a mistake, the series of mistakes that have been made by this franchise over the series of years. So, yeah. sorry, Kings fans, but there's always optimism, I yeah. think, in the future. Hey, I think that they'd be stoked if they made the play-in. 
which isn't the playoffs. <laughs> and, and that is just a sad low bar to have for your team's success. They, they, they the fans deserve better. This front office mm -hmm. has screwed this organization. <sighs> yeah, they, they need some serious movement up there if they want to make anything happen for this franchise. But yeah, you got some bonus. Congrats. <laughs> yeah, pack them up. Pack up the bags, Kings. Make your way to Seattle. Start over. <laughs> yeah, it's not a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Oh, All right. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in, and uh, we'll continue breaking down the year as we're heading down the home stretch. After All Star break, we'll be back and we'll be breaking down the teams who are still on the fringes of changing seeds or making that play in tournament. Uh, things are about to get a little more exciting here in the NBA season. So thanks, everybody. Yes, sir. Have a good week, everybody.